Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Winston Churchill said it, that there's something about the outside of a horse that is good for the inside of a man. We had a great conversation talking with Scott Stewart, who's the president of the Roundup Riders of the Rockies, about preserving the Western tradition and their great organization. You can learn more and listen to our segments if you miss them by going to FrontierFreedomRadio.com. That's FrontierFreedomRadio.com. So Scott serves in a number of different capacities with regards to the ag community, which is what we're going to talk about now, managing director of the National Livestock Producers Association, former CEO of the Cattlemen's Beef Promotion and Research Board. So, Scott, what are the big issues that the ag community is facing right now? You know, there are several, but let me, Jeff, if I may, just first, I'd just like to congratulate you and your institute and the university for, for the work that you do, because it is so very important to, you know, this, our, our society, the society we live in. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the agricultural industry. You know, as we know, there is maybe nothing as important as the ability to feed ourselves. And here in the United States, we've been very, very fortunate for a long time to be able to do just that, not only ourselves, but a good portion of the world as well. Uh, you know, it used to be that uh, technology and innovation and all of those things were really, you know, good words. And it seems like more recently, uh, a lot of the focus uh, is more on how farmers and ranchers and, and anybody trying to develop natural resources into usable uh, commodities and resources for, uh, for humankind you know, that, they're, that they are destroying everything by doing anything they do. And I, I'd have to say more than anything, uh, there's just a, a, a widening uh, disconnect between obviously urban and, and rural society. Um, and even with all of the information that's out there that can be shared from farmers, ranchers, uh, processors, food processors, distributors, and so forth, about how things are done, there's always, you know, in, in, the, in the wonderful world of the Internet, always another side to that that, is either louder or more sensational or what have you on you know, just taking and, and skewing issues uh, to fit whatever narrative that they're interested in. You know, the, the, uh, the biggest issue I think that we have right now in agriculture is who's going to be doing it in 20, 30, 50 years from now? We have had, obviously, things change and, as, as they should, uh, but remember we, we came from an agrarian society where people would come out west, like what you said, to see and find new land and develop it and, and, and create livelihoods for themselves and food for others and so forth. And it's a huge, strong spirit of entrepreneurship and, and risk-taking and so forth. That has been so much limited in the last several decades here. Um, obviously, we see uh, you know, in almost any business, uh, you get bigger or you get out, and agriculture is no different. Obviously, the economies of scale matter, uh, the ability to... to, to finance and have the assets available to back up that financing to, to grow and, 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 and uh, to prosper, you know, those are necessary things. So, you know, the kind of the idyllic image of a red barn and a white fence and two cows and three chickens and, and four goats, you know, that, that doesn't really exist and hasn't for a long, long time. It's about conserving resources that you have. I'll speak specifically here to Colorado. Where I grew up, my family owned a ranch up by Kremlin, Colorado. We had three miles of the Colorado River that ran through it, and I know you being a fishing guide are probably drooling right now, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, three, three miles? 
three miles of it. Oh, my gosh. And we had, you know, hay meadows that, that were irrigated by it. In fact, our water right on the Colorado River right was the second most senior right, you know, uh, put into place back in the 1800s. So, I mean, that water, without that water running across that property, the land wasn't worth, you know, a fraction of what it is otherwise. And I'm not just saying for recreation and all the rest, but just to be able to, to grow crops, to grow hay in our case for, for the cattle herd that we ran. But again, you know, the, the taking care of that, uh, there's a saying that, that ranchers are the original stewards of the land, and I very much believe in that. I mean, if you're not taking care of your land and developing it to its best potential, which means it's healthy, uh, then you're, you're not going to survive. You're not going to sustain yourself. And so that outside thought that ranchers and farmers are doing nothing but just, you know, pillaging the land and, and, and not, not taking care of it is just simply wrong. And, uh, and again, I'll come back to Colorado when we have so much uh, federally owned property, you know, again, BLM and, and Forest Service and so forth. Those partnerships and that ability to take care of that land, that's what's made that work. Ranchers understand what's going on there, and they, you know, they live there. That's their home. So if they don't understand what's going on, then uh, they probably ought to move to downtown Denver. <laughs> We're talking with Scott Stewart, who is the president of the Roundup Riders of the Rockies and also president of Stewart Strategic Management Services and managing director of the National Livestock Producers Association. So we had a governor a few years ago who decided to have a meat-out day, just said, uh, we're, we're going to you know, not have meat for this day and directly harm the meat producers of this state. And a lot of the ag community responded. And there were uh, barbecues all over the eastern part. I live in Elizabeth, Colorado. We have a little goat ranch out there. And my kids, Scott, do 4-H and uh, uh, show their goats off and all that fun stuff. But uh, how is the state government treating our ag producers? Not well. And, and you, you really, um, that was something that I think it backfired. I don't think that was his original strategy in, in having a meat out day because it wound up probably selling more meat and especially beef than any other day of the year. And then I think if you remember, he took credit for that as well. But, you know, and again, uh, we were one of the organizations that uh, you mentioned, that I, uh, we manage the National Livestock Producers Association. Another one that we um, manage is an organization called the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Now, what's interesting about that is it's, be, it's made up of beef producers and beef processors and all the rest, but it's also made up of NGOs or, you know, so a lot of the environmental organizations. And what's really unique about it, it, it was formed about 12 years ago. What's unique about it, and we're looking from a global uh, perspective, bringing in all those voices to the table but agreeing on the basic pillars of sustainability, which it, it, you know, it's got to be environmentally sound, socially responsible, but it's also got to be financially feasible. And when you put that third you know, leg on the stool there, all of a sudden, a lot of the NGOs, they have to kind of think about it. Well, we didn't see it in that perspective. And what's really cool about it is it does, you know, we're able to have those conversations about meaningful things that ranchers, farmers, you know, those in the beef industry, they're producing food for humankind, the things that they're doing right. And then we can also have the discussions about, well, in parts of the world, even in the United States to some degree, there are things we could do better. And to have those kind of conversations, that kind of dialogue is so very important. And you talked about, you know, what are the biggest issues in, in, in agriculture? 
well, communication is, is maybe one of the biggest because if we don't communicate among ourselves, well, how in the world are we going to communicate out to the consuming public? We're seeing a lot of the news about droughts, about Colorado River uh, changes that are going to need to take place that the federal mm-hmm. government's requesting. How is that affecting the folks that you're working with? Well, very significantly. Um, you know, I think we all can agree the climate changes. It has since the beginning of time. Now, how much that's influenced by humankind, you know, either bad or, or good in a lot of ways. I mean, look at our air now compared to 150 years ago. John Fuehler's book, I, thought, I think, was just fascinating, the one where he took pictures from 100 years ago and then recreated them today. Yeah. Well, if you look at those old pictures, you never could see the mountains in the background because there's always forest fires, you know, there's always a lot more pollution in the air than there is now. So I'm not saying that, you know, mankind has also helped this environment, I think, uh, uh, significantly. But um, anyway, you know, and again, I think that... Uh, uh, to have that understanding of, you know, what is all involved in the, in, the, in the greater scheme of things. As I mentioned a moment ago, we had the Colorado River that ran through our ranch. And it always ran, you know, pretty healthy because we're quite a ways up. But when you go down and you look at what's happening with Lake Mead and Lake Powell, and it is very scary. At the same time, if you fly into Las Vegas and you see how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of homes are out there all using water, or Phoenix, Arizona, or places, all using water in the middle of the desert, you know, at some point, we've got to realize that probably wasn't the best place to build a city like that when you're not uh, in a place to, to have water unless you're taking it from two states away. Uh, it's, it's affecting our folks because, obviously, droughts uh, in the western United States have been ongoing for a while. Um, you know, the, the number of cattle have, have been reduced accordingly. Uh, obviously, production is not as, as profitable when, when, they, when they don't have enough uh, grazing capacity or, or enough hay to put up in, in uh, keep cattle through the winter. So it affects us. It affects us all. And again, conservation and, and good management practices and just taking responsibility for what you're entrusted with is so terribly important. On today's show, we've been talking with Scott Stewart, the president of the Roundup Riders of the Rockies, an organization dedicated to the perpetuation of the Western tradition. They're also supporting a great foundation, the Heritage and Trails Foundation. These guys, 150 of them, riding throughout the Western United States, enjoying all the great outdoors and spending time together and building those friendships. They really are a great organization. And Scott has been talking to us as well about some of the ag issues that rural Colorado is facing. Scott, we really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. How can people continue to connect with the work you're doing? You know, I'd say again, first, if they want to learn more about the uh, Roundup Riders, the Rockies, roundupriders.com. If they want to learn more about uh, the organization that that I manage, nlpa.org. Cool. Uh, and, and please, and anybody that is, has an interest or questions, uh, welcome any kind of any time for a conversation. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us. And friends, thank you for listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University, a great university on a mission. Focus first and foremost on Jesus Christ. That is our Lord and Savior. He is our Lord and Savior. Our focus And from there, we go out to try to change and impact the culture for Christ and the conservative worldview. You can get more information by going to FrontierFreedomRadio.com. Listen to the podcast. Find out ways uh, that you can listen in the city near you. We'll be with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Frontier Freedom Radio Hour. Thank you to Jamie and Michael for helping us out. We'll see you next time. God bless you.